beautiful to sing these songs to Him. And I love that last song, Word of God Speak. Pour down like rain. And I love what it said where it said, it's not about what I say, but it's about what you say. So we come to the part of the service that is where we will get into the Word of God. Words are powerful, are they not? Words can heal and words can hurt. Words can bring hope and they can bring devastation. Words can bring laughter or they can bring sadness. This morning, we're going to be looking at the power of the Word. And if you just type into a search on the internet, the power of words, you get this response at the very top. The power of words. Words have energy and power with the ability to help, to heal, to hinder, to hurt, to harm, to humiliate, and to humble. Considering the powerful force of the words we utter, we must discipline ourselves to speak in a way that conveys respect, gentleness, and humility. Words communicate. I wanted to bring to you some books that have meaning to me. I am holding in my hand one of the books that means a lot to me because I love collecting old books. Miss Joan understands that. Books are beautiful. I got news for you. This smells so much better than my phone. It feels better than my phone. And when I look at it, I like the looks of it better than my phone if I'm going to read something. Now, I think I've brought this one in here before, but this one has a bunch of words that somebody wrote down who read this book. And this book was copyrighted in 1875. So whoever wrote these words are no longer alive. But they're powerful words that they wrote down in addition to the words that this book from 1875 contains. It's on my bookshelf in my office. I have another one here from 1892. This is how to read the prophets and this is particularly on Jeremiah. I have other books, like this one means a lot to a lot of people, I'm sure. This is the Broadman Hymnal. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> this is the Broadman Hymnal. I have several old books. My wife, actually, when I met her and married her, she collects old hymnals, and we got a huge box full up in our attic. But I got a few of them and put them on, on my bookshelf. But I want you to look at this old hymnal right here has old little town of Bethlehem words that are written that have impact. I also have uh, another book or two here that's really meant a lot to me, like C.S. Lewis. How many of you have read C.S. Lewis? What a great author. That man has produced some good stuff, great, great things. I've even used some quotes of his in sermons and in my life. They've just stuck out. This is a book that's meant a lot to me, Lead Like Jesus. I remember I was reading and going to a lot of conferences about leadership. John Maxwell was, was, was like the guru of leadership. And then I realized, wait a minute, the guru of leadership is not John Maxwell, it's Jesus Christ. Amen. And when I found this book that said, Lead Like Jesus, I was so intrigued by it, I read it. And I want you to know it changed my leadership style forever. 
As we think of words and books and we think of content, I'm reminded of people like Mr. Beast on YouTube. He creates this content and he gives away money. He creates a content with words that people watch and they listen. And, and there's content today that's visual and audible. But I want you to know today, I want to talk about the communication that will transform lives and the secret behind it that will change your life forever. The question is, what makes the message of this book that I hold in my hand so transformational and life-altering and life-changing? How does it change anyone? Really, it's a book. It's got pages just like this book from 1875. But how is it that this book can bring life when another book cannot even affect your life? Let's dive into that today. We're in 1 Thessalonians still. Pardon me as I've had a page falling out of my Bible. Let me get it back. I don't want to lose any parts of the Bible. One writer wrote, A book that's falling apart belongs to a man or a woman who is not falling apart. Sometimes I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Because I sometimes feel like I'm falling apart. But today we're in 1 Thessalonians. We're in chapter 2. Tony Evans said, The Bible is not simply words about God. It is the Word of God. It is not plural, but singular. This is the Word of God. We're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 today, and we're going to read verse 13 first and foremost. Paul, the apostle, writing to this church in Thessalonica, says these words, For this reason we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the Word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. Whew, somebody should just say, Amen, because that's, that's a good, good word. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21 says, For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. The very first thing I want us to see today, when it comes to this prayer, this praise that, that, that Paul is, is, is giving this church that we can look at and we can begin to praise for and we can begin to pray for, is, is this. They accepted the message. They accepted the message as being from God. They accepted the message as being from God and not from men. This is critical. Verse 13, for this reason we also constantly thank God that when you received the word, of God, the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men. Now let's stop there and pause just for a minute. The word of God. Now when Paul wrote this letter to a church, the New Testament did not exist. The scriptures you hold in your hand had not been completely compiled when he wrote these words. And what he is saying here, let's break it down. The message you heard from us, you received it as a message from God. 
I am here to declare to you as the pastor of Chicopee Baptist Church, this right here I hold in my hand is the message from God. It's not my sermon. As a matter of fact, can I do something for a second? I want to remove this pulpit because this pulpit is not the authority in your life. It's not what I say that you should believe. It's what is written in this book that you should believe. For this is the Word of God. But Paul goes on to say, you received it as what it is, the Word of God and not the Word of men. Here's the problem. Today, man has gotten in the way of the Word of God. Come on. Somebody help, help me preach for a second. Man has tried to make it attractive. Man has tried to make it politically correct. Not offensive. Let me tell you something. I'm glad I was offended by the Word of God, that I was a sinner and I got saved by grace through Jesus Christ. This right here is the Word of God. It's not just a book. It's not just a way we live. It is a message from the great Creator Himself. And these people in this church... In Thessalonica, when they heard what Paul said, they accepted it as a message from God and not from Paul. So let me implore you today, online and here in this room, listening to this later, do not accept this as a message from the pastor at Chicopee Baptist Church. Receive it as a message from God. That's my prayer. If you... Trust in my words more than you trust in your scriptures that you have in your hand. You are nothing but a babe in Christ and you need to grow up and start eating some meat. If you don't know how to read the Bible, you know what we've been doing in youth for weeks? Teaching them how to study the scriptures. If you want to know how to study it and get something out of it yourself, let's talk. Because I want you to feed yourself. Nowhere this morning, as Brian made this wonderful French toast for the entire church, nowhere did I see someone having to sit down and go, oh, feed that to me. Just cut me off a piece of that French toast and stick it in my mouth. Nobody walked by and said, boy, that bacon looks good. Can you feed it to me? We all fed ourselves this morning. We need to be feeding ourselves on the Word of God and stop relying on teachers and preachers, the internet, YouTube, pastors at bigger churches. We need to be in the Bible ourselves. I better grab my notes. We might be here all day. So the first thing they did is they received the Word. They received the Word. I want you to know, here's some things that I, I have down in my notes that i got to tell you about. 66 books, written over 1,500 years, 40 different writers. They had different backgrounds. They had various situations. They lived in various different places. It's written in three different languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. It was written by human writers who had problems, but yet inspired by a holy God to write down words that would be inerrant and without error. I'm here to declare today, this place, this pastor believes this right here is the inerrant word of God without error and without fault. This will change your life. 
And Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 is just as important as Revelation chapter 22. The Old Testament and the New Testament and everything in between. Because it declares with all those different authors, all those different books, all those different years, it declares one thing. You and I need Jesus Christ in our life to live this life and to live in eternity. No other way. Nothing else will separate us. Whew, I might start preaching in a minute. <laughs> Theodore Roosevelt said, a thorough Bible knowledge is worth more than a college education. Theodore Roosevelt said that. Now, we may not agree with everything that he believed in and what he did, but he got that right. Second thing is this. Not only did they receive it, there was a result from receiving it as from God and not from men. Let's look again at that verse as, as it said that, that Peter, Paul, not Peter, but Paul said that he was excited that they had received it as the word of God and not from man. Look at the last part of verse 13, which also performs its work on you who believe. Let me tell you something. According to Hebrews chapter 4, this right here is breathing and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. This right here, according to the Word of God in Scripture, it says this was inspired. As I read in, in I believe it was 2 Peter. Is, it, is that where it was at? Somebody tell me. 2 Peter, where it said that everything in this book has been inspired by God. There is a result from that. When we receive Jesus Christ, John chapter 1, verse 1 says, says what? Come on now. Help me out here. Somebody help me. Help me. Help me, help me, help me. In the beginning... In the beginning was what? The Word. And the Word was what? Was God. And the Word was with God. The Word is Jesus Christ. The Lagos in Greek there. The Word changes lives. This we call the Word of God. You know what? After studying for for this message, I'm not going to refer to this as the Bible anymore. Because you want to know what the Bible means? Bible just means holy book. This is not just a holy book to me. They call the Koran a holy book. I got news for you. This is different from the Koran. This is the word of the true and living God Almighty. This is the word of God. But there's a result, it says. When you receive this message as being from God and not from men, then that message begins to do a work inside of you. And let's not miss what he goes on to say here in verse 14. Look at verse 14 with me. Verse 14 shows the results of this word working inside of them. Because in Jerusalem, those who received Christ, they began to become, be persecuted. And this church, as we talked about last week, was beginning to be persecuted and treated harshly, even by those who believed in Yahweh. Verse 14, For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God and Christ Jesus that are in Judea. I love the way Paul made sure it was very clear. We are Chicopee Baptist Church, but let me make something very clear. We are Chicopee Baptist Church under the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior, the head of this church, who is the one directing our paths. We are not just church. We are God's people. Jesus is at the helm. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you also endured 
the same suffering at the hands of your own countrymen, even as they did from the Jews. Second thing, the message from God transformed their life. So much so that when people were, when people were mean to them because of what they believed about Jesus, they endured. They didn't go, well, I guess I need to rephrase what I said. Oh, I need to just be quiet about Jesus and not say anything. They didn't do that. They endured the persecution. Why would someone endure a persecution unless what they believe has changed their life? There's a lot of things I believe in this world, but it hasn't transformed me. I believe it's nice to have a brand new pickup truck, a Ford F-150. It's my favorite. I always wanted one. But I guarantee you that truck will not change my life. It may help me take off trash better. I may have more room to put stuff so I don't have to stick it all the way up to the front of that little bitty car that I got, that Toyota Matrix, or my Jeep and stick it out the back window. But I got news for you. A truck will not transform my life no matter how much I believe it's a benefit. But what does transform my life is the belief that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, left heaven, came to earth, died on the cross for me. If none of you had ever accepted Jesus, He would have died for me and me alone. And He rose from the dead so that I may have life and have it more abundantly. I believe that so much it's transformed my life. So much so that this is what I want to live my life by. I don't want to live it by the culture. I don't want to live it by the popular opinions. I don't want to live it by the latest magazine article about the happenings in church today. You want to know what I think? Here's my opinion. This, okay. this is my opinion. What's happening in church today needs to be revival rather than trying to find, try, find new fads and new things to do. We need revival. We need the Holy Spirit to move in churches, God's people to get on their knees before a holy God and begin to pray and ask Him to change their life first so that everybody's life can be changed. That's what we need. That's the trend that needs to be happening. Okay, back to the notes. Come on. Chuck Swindoll said... The critical issue is this, your confidence in the Bible. It is directly related to your confidence in its inspiration. If you do not believe this is the, what have I been saying, Word of God, then what it says, you can just pick and choose. doesn't mean a whole lot. But if you believe this is the Word of God, then it matters. Because if this is God speaking to you and I, we need to do something about it. And when the, word of, when the Word of God says there should not be a hint of sexual immorality in your life, you want to know what hint means? It doesn't mean that you cheat a little bit. It means there shouldn't be a hint. Ladies and gentlemen, what this Word says should be our guide. Does it mean that we're going to be perfect? Absolutely not. We're going to mess up. But we need to take what this Word says and you know what? I'm going to do better tomorrow. God, forgive me. I messed up today. I've got to do better because, God, I want to live by your Word, not mine. My, not my way, but yours. This is His way. Okay. So how does the Scripture change lives? This is where it gets good. I'm about to really start preaching. How does these words 
written on a piece of paper, just like these books have words written on a piece of paper, how does this change lives? It's got some good words in it, but also does Zig Ziglar, Dale Carnegie. Those people had some good words that make you go, wow, that's deep, that's good. But why is it that those words are different from these? Oh, flip over to chapter 1 of 1 Thessalonians. I want you to know this verse changed my preaching a few years ago. I went to seminary. I've gotten a seminary degree. By the way, I'm just going to throw it out there and be honest. I do not have a master's and I don't have a doctorate. I got a bachelor's degree from seminary. I have people all the time come around me with master's degrees and doctorates. And the first thing I do, I, I go, well, obviously they're more educated than I am. But this verse changed everything for me. Verse 5 of chapter 1. I want you looking at this. This is powerful. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Just as you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. In that verse, he mentions three things. His message, his sermon, what he proclaimed wasn't just words. It wasn't just Paul speaking. Listen to me, church. There's a lot of people right now standing on a stage trying to appeal to people in the, the pews and in the chairs and online. and on, in con I'm not here to appeal to you, by the way. I'm not here to make you happy. I'm here to tell you what my God has written in His Word so that you can understand what His message is for you. Because forget me, but remember Him. Paul says, you receive the message through power. It's not because Paul was so educated. Now, he was a Jew of Jews. He was studying under the greatest of, of the religious leaders. And then, what happened to him? He met Jesus. He met Jesus on a road to Damascus. He, he was blinded, couldn't see. And then the scales fell away. He wound up spending three years in the wilderness being prepared by God to speak a message that did not matter if he had initials at the end of his name or who he sat under. Because instead of Gamaliel he was sitting under, he sat under Jesus Christ himself as he was out there in the wilderness seeking him. And when, when Paul stood to speak, it wasn't Paul the apostle simply speaking words, but it was power. He said this right here. He said that you understand. Verse 5 of chapter, chapter 1. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power. Let me tell you what's missing from the pulpits today. It's not fancy lights and smoke machines and laser lights and subwoofers and big bands. It's not a concert. It's the Holy Spirit working with power from the stage into the people's lives, changing people. That's what's missing in churches today. It doesn't matter whether you got stained glass windows or regular windows, whether they're blacked out or they're wide open, whether you're outside or inside. Without the power of God in the message of God, it will do nothing but lead people astray. Whew. But he goes on to say something else. 
He says, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. The problem today is men get up on the stage, people will teach, women will teach classes or whatever, and when they do, they forget about the Holy Spirit. They depend on their notes and what they know. Let me tell you something. An atheist can teach the Bible. And the, and the atheist can teach the Bible than, better than some of you and maybe some of me. But without the Holy Spirit, it changes no one. We're missing the Holy Spirit in the pulpits and, and in the music and in the, the, the aisles and the pews and the parking lots. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit just doesn't dwell in this room. It dwells in every room of this church when there's someone in it. it you know where, where else the Holy Spirit dwells? Out there in the parking lot. Out there in the street. When you're pulling up, where's the Holy Spirit dwell? Within you. The Holy Spirit isn't in here waiting on you to show up. The Holy Spirit's living in you. And if you want to see God move and transform lives, stop, stop, uh, whew, Lord, do I have to say? Stop praying that the music will make you happy. Stop praying that the, the room will be the right temperature. And start praying that the Holy Spirit will break loose and change lives. So let's stop worrying about the superficial and start thinking about the supernatural because people are dying and going to hell. We have youth growing up in, in a world that is terrible, ladies and gentlemen. We need the Holy Spirit to move. We need revival. We need revival. Paul is saying here, you didn't receive this message Simply by my words, but it was the power of God and it was the Holy Spirit. And oh, I like the last one. Because we don't want to talk about the last one. We don't want to mention it. He says, in conviction. Oh, oh gosh. That means somebody's going to have to feel bad. Someone's going to have to feel guilty. And we live in a culture where we want everybody to feel good. Let's give everybody a trophy. Let's make everybody happy. Let's not offend anyone in the room or online. Unless you're convicted by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit moves into your life and the power of God works through the Word of God, you will die and go to hell because you won't receive the message. No matter how creative I get up here, no matter how dumb I act, no matter if I stand on top of a stool or lay down and, 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 and look like a flopping fish, if the Holy Spirit is in it and the power of God is in the message and people receive it as a word from God, their life will be transformed. That's what we need in churches. Now let me back up. I don't want anybody mad at me. <laughs> Too late for that. I understand the room is hot right now. <laughs> I wish it wasn't this hot. I understand that there's music that you... I love that trio today. I love the praise and worship. You know what? My daughter stood up here and struggled singing. And I saw the struggle on her face and how she's right now beating herself up. But boy, the words of that song, it doesn't matter what I say. It's the Word of God. If you come to Chicopee expecting all this to be perfect and there's no delays between, between transitions and the transitions is right and everybody's on key and the bass player's going to hit every note right, boy, you're going to miss it because I know the bass player. <laughs> and all he does is have fun. 
Because he's over there worshiping his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He ain't putting on no performance. He's worshiping God. And he's got a little drummer that's about to turn, what, 14 over there doing the same thing for Jesus Christ. He ain't doing it in a big concert. He's doing it for him. Whew. I'm going to need a nap later today. <sighs> where am I? I don't even know where I am. Jack Graham said, People are more interested in the filling of the Spirit than they are in the filling of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Let me feel good. Let me make sure that it makes me happy and I'm comfortable. But I don't want a full dose of the Holy Spirit to fill me up. Because hmm, you know what I do on Monday morning might get in the way of what I like. We need to get more concerned about the Holy Spirit filling our life than us filling the Spirit. Jack Graham hit it dead on when he, when he said that. Almost done. Tony Evans said, One problem I see today is that people disregard God's Word because to them it's just ink on a page. Our problem is that we were not there when God first spoke His Word because if we were, we sure would not be so casual about it. If you had been there when Paul wrote the words, whew, but the thorn in my flesh, when Paul wrote the words, I have learned to be content in every circumstance. If you had been there when John began to pen the words, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you had been there on the Isle of Patmos when John began to pen the revelation that we read, I guarantee you we would not take this so casual and forget about it. The message of God has power through the Holy Spirit to bring conviction and transformation. That is the secret between this and every other book that you may read. This has the power of God and the Holy Spirit to work to bring conviction and transformation. These books does, does not. The fancy words that somebody may use big theological language. They may be using big theatrical stuff, which we watched a movie Sunday night. If you get a chance to see church people, you got to watch that. That is one funny, hilarious movie. It was simply about a pastor who had got so caught up that he started doing all kinds of gimmicks. He was running around dressed with SP on his chest with a cape. He even got the church's logo tattooed on his arm during a service. And somebody looked at me and said, Pastor, that's a great idea. And I said, no, it's not. It was a funny movie. He finally gets, the pastor gets to a point, he said, we got to get bigger, we got to get better, we got to attract people so they can hear our message. He finally comes up with this idea, let's crucify somebody on Good Friday. No, not a drama. Really crucify someone on Friday, Good Friday. Let's nail them to a cross and a doctor looks at one guy and says, we have figured the best place to put the nail so that it, it limits nerve damage. I know that sounds crazy, but let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. America is filled 
with places called church just like that. It's all about the gimmick. They've forgotten about the Word of God. The movie has a happy ending. Watch it if you can. It's a great movie. But let me tell you, no matter what happens up here, if the Holy Spirit and the power of God is not in this place, then there will be no transformation, there will be no conviction, there will be no move happening. So what must I do? What must I do? Well, let's look at that this morning. Since we've begun this series, it's called Let Us Pray. Let's begin. What must I do? Let's start with number one. Let's pray. All right? You got that? Let's pray for the message. Pray for me. Hey, you know what? We're going to get to seven-day challenge in a moment, and I want you to write my name by it. Okay? Pray for the message to be received as from God and not from man. You got somebody in your life who's struggling, who's lost? I guarantee you that if they receive the message as it being from God rather than from people, their life would be transformed. Because you want to know what most people do with the message, they compare it to men. Well, how can it be true? Look at what this guy did. Look at what this guy did. Look at this guy who is a great Christian leader and look what he did. How can the Bible be true? Because the truth of the Word of God is not dependent on the frailties of man. It is based on the author himself, God, who is absolutely holy and perfect. That's what makes this much truer than the person who really messes up and is just dumb in his decisions. This is the Word of God. So let's pray that the message will be received as being from God and not from men. Many of you will say something to me oftentimes. You'll, you'll text me and you encourage me so much. And I thank you for that because I need that. One of my love languages is words of affirmation. I love that. So thanks for all the, man, that's awesome kind of things you give me. But you know what I love more than anything? Is when I hear somebody not just simply say, hey, that was a good sermon, Pastor. Is when they say, Pastor, that sermon just challenged me. And I'm going to be different. Because that's not me doing it. It's the Holy Spirit. So number one, we need to pray for the message to be received as being from God and not from men. And the second thing is this, ties back to verse number five. I pray this every Sunday morning. This morning, as I began to wake up, boy, I was praying it hard. because I was. Can I let you into my world for a second? God... If I get up there and preach about the power of God and the Holy Spirit working and preaching with conviction and the Holy Spirit convicting people and I get up there and there's no Holy Spirit working in me and I, I come across this, man, that's going to be the lamest sermon ever preached in the history of the world. So this morning, I was waking up going, God, oh, let there be power in the Word today. Let the Holy Spirit work and move today. Let me preach with conviction and may people be convicted in the midst of all that. 
And then I stand up here and I begin to preach and something takes over and something happens. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a show. I am not putting on a show. I'm not smart enough to be two different kinds of people. I can't put on a show. I have to be who I am. And right now, ladies and gentlemen, I know the Holy Spirit has shown up and worked within me, whether He has you or not. I've been absolutely convinced and convicted of what the Word of God says, that it's important. And I believe the power of God is present in this place. So number two. Pray, 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 pray that the transformation will take place based on God's message. Pray that transformation will take place based on God's message. When someone receives the message as it being from God, it will transform their life. It will change things. Let's stop trying to get the message of man into the people, of God, the, the people around us and let's get the message of God into the people around us so that they can be the people of God. Whew, I couldn't say that again. But that was good. Today, I don't know where you are with this. But here's your seven-day challenge. Over the next seven days, I want you to pray. Just like the what must I do said, here's your challenge for the next seven days. Maybe, maybe you can think of a pastor. Maybe you can think of a teacher. Maybe it's Troy. Troy, I'm going to be praying for you because you teach on Wednesday nights. And here's what I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be praying for the message to have God's power. I'm going to be praying that the Holy Spirit will work. And I'm going to be praying for the transformation to take place. Those three things. I'm going to be praying for God's power to be in the message, for the Holy Spirit to work, and for transformation to take place. Choose somebody this week and pray for them in that way. And let's see what God does. Let's leave it to Him. Father, I thank You for Your Word and the power it contains. Lord, it's ink on paper, but it also contains the Holy Spirit of God to work within those words to transform lives. God, I don't know where people are right now in this room. I don't know what's going on in their lives and their heart. But I know that the Word of God can bring hope. It can bring healing. It can bring clarity. It can help us know your will, our purpose for our life, what we need to do. Lord, we just trust in you when it comes to your Word. God, there's things in the Bible that makes me uncomfortable. But Father, it's still your word. And I have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Lord, right now there are people who have never received the word of God, the, the Jesus Christ into their life. They've not received the message that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave for them as a message from you, but simply as a message from people that they've heard it over and over and over. Okay, God saved me. God did this. Jesus did that. But God, I pray right now they'll hear this message as it being from you and not from me. That we've all sinned. And we've all messed up, every single one of us. And that the wages of that is death and separation from you forever in eternity. That there is life hereafter, death. And as one religious leader asked Jesus and said, Well, Jesus, what do I do? And he said, You must be born again. And that man said, What does that mean? 
How can I enter back into my mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus said, well, you have to be born of the Spirit and of water. He said, for God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. And Romans chapter 10 makes it very clear that if we confess and believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, He died on the cross, He rose from the dead, then we will be saved. God, those are not my words, but those are yours. So I'm going to believe and trust in what you have said. Lord, change a heart today. Let someone hear the message that it's from God that they need to make a decision and stop playing church and stop trying to make things better in their life and just trying to do good, but realize that they're never going to measure up, but they're going to surrender their life to you. Because you're the one drawing and convicting them right now. Father, for the rest of us, Paul said in that scripture that the word of God that was received as the message from you was doing a work inside. They would endure through persecution. So God, I pray right now for the one who knows you who's struggling, who needs hope, who needs healing. May the Word of God speak to them in such a way that they will find it. God, it's not left up to me to give it. Lord, let them go to your Word to find it. I'm not a magic man, but I can give them the potion that will change their life and that's the word of God that is directly from you Lord work in Jesus name